Chapter 2, Part B of Bible Defense of Slavery by Josiah Priest. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 2, Part B. Unless this was the fact, it were difficult to ascertain how the record, or history of the creation, the manners of the antediluvians, the names and the ages of the patriarchs, in the line of Seth down to Noah, with the deeds and acts of many persons who lived before the deluge could have been known to moses and from him been transmitted to all ages and nations since the great flood but the accounts now alluded to were not delivered to moses by direct inspiration is shown by there having been a knowledge of these things in the family of noah and of course among the descendants of his house all along from the time of the flood descending down from patriarch to patriarch down to abraham and from thence to moses that writer only embodying anew in a book from older written and traditionary accounts a history of facts brought down from beyond the flood by the progeny and lineage of seth the third son of adam written in the adamic language that information of these things was possessed by noah and the succeeding patriarchs of the line of shem the eldest son of noah is evident from moses's own account as he everywhere refers to the fact of noah his children and the patriarchs even down to abraham having a knowledge of the true god it cannot be well overlooked by the careful reader how well abraham and melchizedek understood the will of god and the history of past ages as referred to by moses's own account in his book of genesis consequently could not have been just then made known to him by the divine inspiration when he wrote that book we hope no one will be offended at this our opinion for the whole book of genesis is full of references to the knowledge of the ancients of the line of seth noah abraham melchizedek and the other patriarchs before his own time in relation to this opinion that of moses having derived his history of the creation and of the progeny of seth from written records we shall have occasion in the course of this work to make still more clear as we are able to demonstrate that the fine arts with literature and science as well as agriculture and mechanism were cultivated before the flood we have said that the word ham in its original hebrew or noachian language was the word for that which was black in proof of this affirmation see adam clark's comment on the meaning of the word ham genesis chapter ten verse one who there says that ham signified that which was black in further proof of this position we adduce the fact that the word ham in the coptic language which was spoken by the pure and early or first egyptians was the word for black 
now as Metzarim, or Metzer, one of the sons of Ham, first of all after the flood, led a colony to the vale of the Nile in Africa, but a little south of Judea, which river empties into the Mediterranean, near where the city of Alexandria was built by Alexander the Great. It is certain, therefore, that the language of this Metzer and his immediate descendants must have been the same with the language of his father, who was Ham, and of his grandfather, Noah, who were the people since called the Cots of Egypt. That Metzarim, first of all, settled the vale of the Nile, is admitted by Greek and Roman, as well as by Jew and Egyptian in every age. The earliest Egyptians, says Josephus, were called Metzarites, and the country where they dwelt, Metzar, as well as one of their first cities, was called Memphis. Names and appellations derived from the name of the first settler or head of the family, who led a party, clan, or colony to the slimy flats of the Nile, before any other people after the flood. Josephus, when speaking of this Metzarim, calls him the first king of Memphis, which, as above supposed, was the first city of ancient Egypt. Book 8, page 19. And therefore might well be alluded to as the first king of the country. But how does this fact assist us in finding out the meaning of the word ham in the Noachian language? It aids us as follows. The first Egyptians were called Copts, and have been thus denominated in every age. Now, if this people, who were primitive in Egypt, and but just from the Ark and the Tower of Babel, used the word Ham to point out that which was black, it proves that the same word was made use of for the same purpose in the family of Noah, among the Chaldeans by Abraham, and of necessity was used for the same purpose by Moses, when he embodied the ancient history of his ancestry in the book of Genesis, as that work was written by him in the Hebrew language. To show that the Noachian language, and the language of the first Egyptians, or Copts, was the same in the time of Abraham, we have only to call to mind that, when the patriarch went to Egypt out of Canaan, to which country he had but lately arrived from Chaldea, whither he went on account of a great famine, there was no difficulty in his oral communications with the people of that country. This, therefore, proves that the language of Egypt in the time of Abraham was still the Hebrew language, and was the same which Metzarim, the son of Ham, learned of his father and grandfather Noah. The Egyptians, therefore, in the use of the word Ham to denote anything that was black, acknowledge that their great progenitor was called black in the house of his own father. It is well known that the Hebrew or Adamic language gave names to things and existences 
in compliance with the appearance and nature of things to be named, as we have before remarked. It was this circumstance, or the dictating power of the Hebrew language, which governed, when Adam gave names to the animals brought before him at the time of the creation, when as yet he had heard no sound of human voice, except his own, to copy after. Yet he went on without embarrassment, naming them according to the sensation produced in his mind when he looked at, and had considered the creature to be named. Under this very influence which governed in the construction of the Hebrew language, Adam gave a name to the first woman, whom he called Eve, because she was to become the mother of all living. The word Eve in the Hebrew signifies life, enlivening, nourisher of life, producing and preserving human life. These qualities and powers of the first woman were intuitively and instantly understood by Adam when he had looked upon her, who then named her according to her nature, which language, like its author, who was God, had infused into it his own image, which was truth. Accordingly, when Adam gave the names of all things, the language spoke the truth. In agreement with this, it is well known that every name of every being, thing, or existence has its specific meaning in the Hebrew, and in this respect it is different from all other languages of the globe. Let any one reflect a moment on this subject, and see if he can find, especially when examining the names of men in the English, whether they have any specific meaning beyond a mere name. On this very account, the power of the Hebrew language in dictating the names of things or beings, the parents of Ham could not well have named that child anything else but Ham, and keep within the bounds of the dialect of their language. But in addition to what is already said respecting the Hebrew word ham, we may yet remark that it was, in some sense, also prophetic of Ham's character and fortunes in his own life, and the fortunes of his race, as the word not only signifies black in its literal sense, but pointed out the very disposition of his mind. The word, doubtless, has more meanings than we are now acquainted with, two of which, however, beside the first, we find are heat or violence of temper, exceedingly prone to acts of ferocity and cruelty, involving murder, war, butcheries, and even cannibalism, including beastly lusts and lasciviousness in its worst feature, going beyond the force of these passions as possessed in common by the other races of men. Second, the word signifies deceit, dishonesty, treachery, low-mindedness, and malice. What a group of horrors are here, couched in the word ham, all agreeing, in a most surprising manner, with the color of ham's skin, as well as with his real character as a man, during his own life, as well as with that of his race 
even now thus far we have shown that the very name of this youngest son of noah is an evidence of no small account that he was born a negro with all the physical moral and constitutional traits which mark and distinguish that race of men from the other two races the birth of these two sons japheth and ham being thus miraculously produced there is no doubt but that noah as a prophet saw in the births of these children the hand and design of the creator he had already been informed in some supernatural way and doubtless by the appearance or ministration of angels that in about one hundred years from the births of his three sons the globe was to be destroyed by water on which account he had already been at work twenty years in carrying forward the erection of the ark when shem ham and japheth were born as a philosopher and a prophet noah foresaw in the ruin of the earth by water that its mild healthy and pristine climates would undergo a horrid change and of necessity inhabitants of different characters constitutions and complexions would be wanted to people it on which account he bore patiently for the sake of the divine purposes the misfortune of the strange and monstrous production of his wife in the birth of ham the first negro for this reason god produced the two new races in reference to the foregoing arguments which respect the cause of ham's name we notice that after the flood when children were added to his family the same circumstance their complexion seems to have exerted an influence on their names also cush was one of the sons of ham which word also had a reference to that which was black cush kushan kushi the kushan rishathaim are all of the same or relative import and especially the word kushan rashithaim signifies ethiopian blackness as well as the blackness of iniquity on this very account the ancient country of ethiopia situated in africa in the region of the headwaters of the nile which was settled first of all by the family of cush was called kushan as well as ethiopia or the country of the blacks the meaning of the word ethiopi which is also a hebrew word signifies blackness a name given to the country on account of the color of its first inhabitants even the word negro is derived from the hebrew word niger and signifies black niger is a great river of africa and was thus originally named on account of black men having first settled the countries of that river and hence arose from earliest time the word negro and applied to the race of ham and no other people canaan was the name of another of the sons of ham but this word signifies a trader or merchant and seems to have pointed out the pursuits of his progeny rather than their color 
it was from this son that the phoenicians tyrians and zidonians with all the tribes of the land of canaan which was phoenicia itself proceeded who were a trading seafaring and mercantile race there was however a place in this country of canaan or palestine a district that was called cushi inhabited no doubt by a colony or family of the race of cush the word canaan therefore appears to have been prophetically given to that son of ham pointing to the pursuits rather than any other peculiarity of that branch of ham's race the word japheth is a hebrew word and was given as a name to one of the sons of noah which also had its prophetic meaning and pointed out the fortunes of japheth's race which was to consist of great enterprise enlargement and renown in the world one who was to excel and even to rule over the races of his two brothers which as we shall show in due order has been wonderfully fulfilled but there is another meaning in the word japheth which is of immense importance to the doctrine set forth in this work viz that japheth was born a white man as well as ham with the contrary hue proving to a demonstration if we may be allowed to use so strong a term that in the family of noah the two complexions had their real origin this peculiar meaning is found in the translation of the word japheth by the rev james crichton a most accomplished hebraist in his dictionary of the scripture proper names page one sixty two this great linguist states that one of the meanings of the word japheth is fair or white which cannot be said of black as black is not fair from this translation we learn that japheth was a fair white man on whose face and form there was stamped in the eye of his father the sure sign of great intellectual endowments betoking renown enlargement and rule among men wherefore he could give him no other name than the important word japheth or the fair and ruddy white sun his fortunes remaining to be fulfilled in the course of time while his father acted upon by the great beauty of this child gave him his name and blessed him as the progenitor of a race who were to fill the world with their glory and their numbers as is now the fact before the eyes of all men for the white man and the white woman are paramount in all the improvements of the earth shem was the name of another of the sons of noah which word also had its meaning and was renown praise or greatness prophetically pointing out the character of his race but doubtless more particularly the renown of the genealogy of the holy seed or line of the patriarchs prophets the jews and of jesus christ who came from the line of shem on these accounts the renown of the house of shem has been great in all the earth
the jews have in every age been a wonderful people who were produced by miracle as in the birth of isaac when his parents were too old to have children and have been preserved by power equally miraculous carrying out and maintaining the significations of the word shem which was the name of their great progenitor in the opinion that there was somewhere in ancient ages three distinct colors of the human family we are by no means alone or singular this was the opinion of the very celebrated philosopher dr mitchell late of new york which opinion he published with many curious matters to the world but dr mitchell has not told us at what period of time these complexions had their commencement whether in the family of the first man or at some other period or whether there was created three distinct fathers to the human race as many men do now believe and probably was the opinion of mitchell professor lawrence whose volume of lectures on physiology we have already quoted is of this opinion see page two fifty seven who wholly disallows the power of climates to cause the color of the aboriginal negro but like dr mitchell fails to inform us how that or the other complexions had their beginning he seems however to have felt that as he was giving an opinion on the subject of human complexions and that if climates could not have been the cause he was therefore in reason bound to say something respecting the origin of the negro's black skin the cause of this he rather thinks was some ancient disease of the surface of the bodies of a tribe of people which by long continuance became so fixed in their nature that it formed a permanent and national character as is now seen in all the world of the negro race but from this opinion we dissent as diseases do not work their own cure and still retain the very evidence of that disease which is the black of the negro skin it is allowed that the negro tribes of all men are the most healthy their limbs strong and agile their skins smooth soft and silky long-lived and free from diseases which facts but poorly accord with the idea of a diseased skin and of necessity diseased blood but we are fully satisfied that the two complexions black and white as they appertain to the human race had their origin in the family of noah as we have contended on the foregoing pages such a cause is to the writer's understanding far more reasonable than any other problem that has yet been imagined such as the climates a diseased state of the skin or a father distinct from the father of other races as many have believed but as we have much to say in the following section relative to the same subject though traversed in the light of other evidence we shall here close the present chapter 
thus now from adam's blood in heaven's sight two other bloods were made as black and white from whom as from two springs two torrents roll of tribes and nations to the final goal end of section two